people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. No, I will never drink so much as a thimble full of the milk they extract from you. Fistbump! Is that the way you think she should be remembered? It's not good enough to eat. Meet Joel Hansen. Good morning! This is her plant-based coffee shop. You're a coffee place and you don't serve regular milk milk. No. Did I mention that Joel is extremely broke? You have to make a payment now, or you're done. Do you think I can get an advance? Like, 100 against my paycheck. And why don't you compete again? Work for Rudy. I'll make you one. It was steamed cow's milk. Joe, luck with that vegan thing. To win the rest of championships was a cash prize of 50,000 euros in espresso. Aren't you that nutter from Nationals that went completely mental? What? No! This is a coffee competition, not a milk competition! That nut milk has turned her into a nutter. <laughs> this year we need a drink that wins it all. For our signature drink, the civet cut eats the coffee cherries, poops out the beans and creates a distinctively savoury flavour. Did the cat eat a bunch of garlic chilli paste? Oh, that was me. These coffee beans gone. From you? Uh-huh. I like it. Cherries, they are the very best of the best. This is exactly what I need. Yes! It is a coffee taste bud takedown. Oh! Lisa! All right, keep your hair on. It's winner takes all! This is the Everest of coffee excellence. And there's only one way to scale it. Together. I'll put you out of business. Well, you better win this thing then. I am all in. I'll make you a believer. Now brewing. And by the way, I'm not Morgan Freeman. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with two of the stars of the new film Coffee Wars, which was written by Randall Miller and co-written by Miller and David Rollins. I am talking with two of the stars of the film, Kate Nash and Tony Sebastian, all about their roles in the film. It is currently streaming and definitely something I would recommend. Kind of a quirky little indie comedy that needs a little bit of love because it's got a lot to offer. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Kate and Toby, thank you so much for joining me. I'm super excited to talk about Coffee Wars. But first, I would love to know, can you tell me, I guess starting with you, Toby, can you tell me a little bit more about your background and and how you got into acting? If memory serves, you come from a very talented family. I got into acting, I wanted to go to drama school. I loved theater and plays as a kid, as a teenager. And I started doing them really at the same time as doing music. I didn't want to study music theory or music at a university as such. So plan was to go to drama school and then I got a music opportunity whilst I was at school. And so I left school a year early and I took that because I 
it was an opportunity I couldn't really refuse. It was a major label deal. And that kind of turned into three or four years of recording between London, Nashville, and LA. I was really fortunate to have met a producer and writer who I met him in LA on a rising trip and he was from Nashville. So he invited me to come over. The label at the time liked what we were doing and we were, we just, we kind of embarked on making a record. During that kind of two or three year period, I was really, really desperate to get back into acting of some sort. I kind of missed the camaraderie and working with lots of other people like on a day-to-day basis. I loved collaborating with the producer that I was working with, but I kind of wanted like more collaboration as well outside of that in a different creative way. So I was sending auditions out to agencies and to people, not really hearing stuff for a while just because most people don't hear anything. And then I was very fortunate to meet my first ever acting agent who was also head of music crossover at an agency in, uh, in LA. And, um, I then kind of, she made it very clear that she couldn't take me on because you can't just like skip a queue and just when you have worked and done any training. And so I embarked on kind of taking on these auditions that she'd send me very kindly. And then when I landed my first one, which was a 12 lines in a, in a film, that kind of sealed the working relationship. And then I was very much back into that world, but now this time on a passion level and kind of learning on the job. And then Kate, you come from a very musical background as well. Yeah, kind of similar actually. Like I was doing acting classes and then I uh, found out about this school called the Brit School in like my final year of GCSEs and stuff. One of the girls in the year above was going there and I heard about this school and I like tracked her down and I was like, tell me about this school. Because it's like, it was one of the only free, I don't know now, but at the time it was the only free performing arts school in London. And I just really desperately wanted to go there. So I went to like an open night with my parents and I just really was attracted to the theatre department because I loved everything about the students and what they were doing. And and so I applied for theatre and I got in Brit School. And then after that, I similarly like wanted to go to drama school, university, didn't get into any of them. And then I was working at Nando's and... I fell down the stairs and broke my foot and I was just like laid up with this broken foot, feeling sorry for myself because my friends were going off and doing exciting things and I felt very left behind. And so I decided I was going to book my first gig. I was going to write songs, record them, make a MySpace page. And then when my foot was healed, I was going to like go live with my MySpace page and I was going to book my first gig. And so it was this kind of incentive, I think, with the broken foot that doing a gig was something I always really wanted to do, but I was quite intimidated by it and I was quite nervous about it. But, you know, I got to that point where being scared was better than being incredibly bored. And so I just like took the plunge and did it. And then I was just very lucky that I came up at this time during MySpace where we had so much freedom and kids in London were really just deciding what was well, kids all over, I guess, not just London. And it was everywhere. But we're sort of deciding what was going to be popular in music. We had no playlisters, no A&R people in control of it, no algorithm, no gatekeeping. So I was very lucky to kind of come up at that time and, and have success with my first record. And then me and Toby actually share a manager. Margaret Polak is our manager. And she's quite a magical person. And she was bonding with her daughter. Her daughter was into my music. And she bought tickets for her daughter 
to see my show. I was happened to be playing in LA and she was like, great, I'm going to bond with my like, you know, teenage daughter and, and sort of looked me up and read that I was interested in acting. And so she came to my gig and then she's very much about like synchronicity and we but she wanted to meet with me and then asked if I wanted to, you know, start doing auditions. And that was sort of in 2000 and I want to say 11 or 12. And yeah, and then I made a record in LA and which is where she was based. And uh, I ended up like flying out there a lot and then moving there for about nine years. I lived in LA. And so that's kind of how I got into acting. I think the first thing I saw you in was Glow and you were just amazing in that. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, Glow was, oh, it was a dream job. It really was one of those jobs where you're like, this is just so insanely, I feel so lucky to be part of this with all these women and wrestling and in the 80s. And like, we laughed so much together on that job. It was so, and you know, I feel very lucky to have worked on Coffee Wars with Toby because it's an amazing thing to go to work and laugh. You know what I mean? Laugh every day. Best. Yeah. Best. And we just laughed so much. This guy makes me laugh so much. He makes me laugh just thinking about him. <laughs> Go and look at me and laugh. You've got funny bones. He's got funny bones. He's a funny guy. He's a funny fucker. No, I can't help it. I'm joking. I'm not funny at all. A lot of dad jokes, but that's kind of where I finish my comedy. Toby, how did uh, the role for uh, Coffee Wars come to you? So I worked with the casting director, Sharon Howfield. I have worked with, you know, worked on three or four projects prior, I think three projects prior to Coffee Wars. And, um, one in the small role the first time, the second one required more actually working with her quite a hands-on approach to the audition process. So I was I was I was kind of good friends with Sharon after those two or three projects. And she told me that she had this comedy. I think I'd remembered it differently, the conversation I'd had with her on the phone. She was like, This is how I remember the conversation. And clearly she didn't say this, but she had said, I've got this rom com and it's like it's a really sweet rom-com. It's kind of, and as she obviously wasn't like, I've obviously remembered it completely wrong. It's a really sweet rom-com. And I want you to go for this, like, this kind of like this kind of basic guy. And this, she'd mentioned a wedding. I got this completely wrong, but I, it's not the same movie. I made it up. Obviously it's my imagination. And then I got the role too. And, uh, and I was like, how do you do this? Like, just how do you play this guy normal? He's not normal at all. And then actually, before I knew I got the job, I went to a Comic-Con for Game of Thrones. And I was really, really hoping that I was going to get this movie, Coffee Wars. And Kate knows as well as anyone that that feeling of auditioning to something. And well, basically all the time when you like something and then you're like, you dream about, you dream about it. You almost wish that you never actually did the audition so that you could just live in this world of dream, daydream forever that you got the role. Anyway, so I kind of went to this Comic-Con, uh, the Game of Thrones, and on the way back, I got a missed call from Randy, and uh, I was like, I oh, I've never been like, never had a missed call for a director before, like, especially if I haven't got the movie, why would he want to talk to me? And then like, a day later, I got given the role. And then the character, I thought he was just like a guy that kind of like, twizzled a little bit and, you know, sprung back and forth in and out of shot, but he just got more ludicrous kind of mental really it just brought him to life in such a like physical way i think as well that you just like and randy was like pushing as soon as you started doing all this some of that stuff randy was like right great son i remember our first day 
<laughs> Me too. I really remember it. Yeah, I really remember it. And like sitting in the street and it's benches. So we were going to have a face up. Yeah. <laughs> From day one. Yeah, that rivalry is brilliant. So that's that's basically it. I really want us to play Nemesis's again because it's really fun. So do I. Yeah. I know. We'll have to think of something. I got sent the script and yeah, from casting director sent through the script to my manager and I auditioned for it and then I I read it and I was like, I really can see myself doing this, which doesn't often happen, I think. And I was like, I think I've really got a chance because so many times I get an audition and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get this. I guess I'll convince myself that I could and then and then and I'm so resistant to it because you just so feel like, oh, I'm not going to get this. Like, why? bother and then you have to convince yourself to be like okay there's a chance you know there's like a once in a there's a one in a million or something chance I could get this so let me let me work on it and then let me convince myself and then by the time you do it you're like I really want this I really really want this I really think I could get it maybe this is meant to be maybe I really could be you know and then you obviously don't get it but with this I read it and I thought I really think I could get this and so I was like I really want to try like because I feel like this is me. It's really easy. Like I can read this so easily. Like I feel like I could do this. I've got confidence in the audition for some rare reason. And, uh, and so then I, I think my audition was in person. The first one, I think, because Randy's in LA and I was in LA. So I went to Randy's house and did the audition in person. Yeah. So I went to the director's house and did the audition in person. And his dog was there, who's a little bit testy. And his dog laughed at me and I was like, yes, the dog has proved me like this is a good sign. And yeah, it's always so nice when you actually get to do the audition in person with someone attached to the film creatively because there's just so much better chemistry and like they like, you know what they actually want because they're there to tell you so they can kind of go, oh, yeah, do it more like this or try it like this or how push that a little further. And you like, you know, that you're actually within the right direction of, of what the film is aiming for so that's really nice and then I think I had a second audition and then I found out that I got the role like after the second one after the callback yeah which was very exciting did you guys have to do any research for your roles learn how to make coffee learn more about environmentalism how to dye your hair green any of these things we did get coffee lessons we got some in London I think did you get the same from La Mazzocco I don't think I would invite it, you know, Kate. Probably not. Probably didn't. Sorry. So what What? What trip? We went to La Mazzocco in London. Did you go on a coach? Yeah, we went on a coach. It was actually the, every other cast member was there. I assumed you were in the back somewhere, but maybe you were. Was it packed lunch, all-inclusive kind of? Yeah, it was really, it was Marks and Spencer's vouchers, and we got all three, forgot to pick exactly what we wanted from Marks and Spencer's. So anyway, myself and the rest of the cast and the entire crew went down. <laughs> <laughs> what everyone went traveled to italy yeah we got on a first class flight to italy and then stayed in a hotel what my family went as well right near the vatican actually yeah actually we went into the vatican and i slept in the vatican i was invited to sleep in the vatican yeah anyway so we went to italy went to the vatican the entire cast and crew apart from toby we were given coffee like espresso lessons and how to make coffee and how to kind of tamp and make an espresso drink and I was amazed because I didn't realize how much goes into the recipe of an espresso like the weight the the detail in it 
is essentially why you go into a coffee shop and you're like, this is an amazing cup of coffee and go into another one and you're like, yeah, that's okay. And it's because like, it's a real art and there's a real like, like recipe and there's a knack to like making a great coffee. It's a skill as I was educated. And, and then we did have, which Toby did get to experience. We had some of the Serbian champions, didn't we? Champions like teaching us on set, which is great. How was your artwork, Toby? How did that come out? Was it a Western screech owl or? It was um, an elephant's tusk. <laughs> or a Western screech owl. Toby, you mentioned the camaraderie that you missed with acting. And it feels like a movie like this, you know, uh, Kate already mentioned the whole idea of laughing every single day on set. I mean, how was that working with such an amazing group of people? Well, it was a miserable experience. It's very tough. Working with Kate, you know, trying to get a laugh up, you know, just, I'm joking. It was amazing. It was the best. It was, it was very funny. And I think that, I think when I was at school, I really loved, I loved all acting, but I loved comedy the most just because it never really felt like it felt so detached and so far away from reality. The zero boundaries in comedy, especially if you're given kind of reins by whoever's crazy being controlled to like run with things and ad lib and improvise a bit. And that's exactly what this is. And this is probably the first time I've worked on a project that was this silly and this funny. So it was magic. I loved it a lot. How much of the movie is, is you guys versus how much was actually on the page when you started? I'd say like 90% of it or 95% of it, right? Kate was on the page, but they were depending on the character. There were people that Sally Phillips just went off and just like Sally Phillips did. And it was genius. She is a genius, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. A lot. The script is great. And, and it was very conversate. It was very like natural. Nothing ever felt. There was a few things that we might be able to say, oh, can we change this? Or what about this? What about this way of doing it? Which I think we did have like flexibility, but at the same time, like um, the, the script was already really good and just kind of flowed, felt really natural, didn't it? Yeah, it felt good. But really good. Yeah, Sally Phillips is amazing. I I loved her when she was on Taskmaster. Same thing with Hugh Dennis. Those guys are great. I mean, everyone is so good. Like it's so such a good cast. Like it's really it was lucky to get such great people in the film in the movie. Everyone also had their own kind of type of comedy that they brought to it. You know, it's like no one did something that someone else was doing. Everyone brought their own thing to it. So they're like they're like levels of of silliness. And within those levels of silliness, you had dry humor, sarcasm, slapstick comedy. Some people would provide some physicality within a slapstick, and then they'd also have a dry response. So you'd have like a mix of sarcasm, and it's just like so funny. And you've got people like Sersha, who, like, even before she speaks, her eyes and the way that she pulls like the faces are just so funny and adorable at the same time. And the same with Hawaiian as well. Freddie Star. Oh, Freddie. Yeah, yeah. Freddie was brilliant. Pushing out his chest and yeah, it's very funny. Dancing with his pecs. The great way to do that, wouldn't it? It would be great. We should learn. Do you think you have to go to spec dancing school to learn that? You definitely have to train for a couple of years to get that level of pec. I don't think it's the right time for me to start now. I'm not sure if it's like you need it. Do you know what I mean? You've got other things to give. You've got other skill sets. I think that ship sailed, isn't it, Kate? You get pecs where they are. I think the coffee helps. I think that brings level of intensity, at least thinking about these people all being highly caffeinated, 
because you are, yeah, you're all up there at like nine, 10, 11, and just like really bringing it every single scene that you're in. I think so too. It's like this hyper reality where everything's really colorful and everything's really intense and people are, and the movie's like fast paced and snappy. And you're right. Like when you watch it, I, I've, you know, obviously watched it a few times and I'm like, oh yeah, it is this kind of long setup before you're really in the story of like what's happening now, but it all feels so like choppy and like fun and fast paced. I think it really suits the world of like coffee, you know? Did you have any challenges working on this? Because it feels like you just had a ball working. It was hot. We were sweating a lot. That was the only real thing because yeah, we had great crew and we had a lot of laughs, but we were all just like that scene in the, the underground like coffee shop. Very, very hot. But Toby goes soaking wet when he came out of that. Like soaking and just screaming like I've got a video of three people drying me with a hairdryer dry between takes. And it was didn't work really at all. It was like pointless. <laughs> it's pointless. It's so hot in there. And you have to have to send these fans off before you start shooting. You know, and you'll be waiting for the cameras to roll and like, you know, obviously the lighting and everything. And uh and also it was intense. We were all jumping around in that scene. You know, we're like the music's playing and it picks up and we're all like and everyone's like chanting. But we look good in it. I was like worried that we were gonna look completely I think the heat sweated out all the facial puff. But you know, like I think so. Like, you know, for example, like Hugh Jackman did like two days of like drinking no water before some of his shots in Les Mis, apparently, to get like, re- yeah, to get like really gaunt, to get really gaunt, to look like you hadn't eaten for, because you can, there's like, obviously you drink water to get rid of water, but then at the, like at the final, if you really, really want to do it, I think that that's the thing that people do. Don't quote me on this. This is what I, I'm saying now. Anyway, we can pretend that it's real. Yes, fact check it before you listen to me. And don't anyone ever do this. Okay. Yeah, don't, I think drink, that's what... don't not drink water for two days. Yeah, don't not drink water. But anyway, I think that that's probably what happened with the amount of, I mean, I don't know how much you were sweating, but I was sweating a lot. So, you know, I guess if there's anything to learn from it, turn your house into a sauna before shooting. I love the economic model of this movie, this whole idea of all of the proceeds from the movie going to environmental and animal welfare causes. You didn't get paid at all for this, correct? Yeah, you just donated your whole salary, right? No, we did get paid, but any profits from the film are going towards um, charity. And the Umbruga film is like very, he's like an animal activist and he's very passionate about animal rights and veganism is like his big sort of he invests in all these different vegan outlets and wanted to reach people through comedy and uh, I'm vegan as well and I actually turned vegan because of a movie because of Okja so I think that like movies can really have an impact because I'm like a example of that and so it's like a fun way to like spread a good message and not I don't know like there's a lot going on in the world so it's nice to be able to laugh instead of being like yeah shouted at and to make my character sort of the butt of the joke a lot of the time and like a bit of a mess and like you're not exactly going she's doing the right thing all the time and you're you're like questioning some of her methods which I think is really good um but you still like her and you still like want the coffee pit crew to like succeed so it's a good way to do it I think and it's making it feel very human and and like like it's not about people being perfect also doesn't take itself too seriously which is how Really, if we want to get like really important messages or if we want to make positive change in all aspects of the world, 
I think that doing it through comedy is a very smart way of doing it so that some people who maybe might feel attacked if you did it another way don't feel like they're being patronized and instead they could be taught and you know made aware of stuff and what's brilliant about it is that as you said kate even as the movie like as the movie goes along there are even moments where brilliant ray ray and sally phillips like and here comes joe hansen with a watery nut juice you know and they're also taking like it's going back and forth throughout the whole thing so there's a message throughout the whole thing, but it does take turns and it feels like a very, it's a very um, soft way of approaching these things and very comical and happy. I know the movie is streaming now. Did it have a theatrical run? No, it didn't have a theatrical run. I think a lot of movies have done that sort of since the pandemic, you know, like realizing the way to reach audiences. It's more likely that more people will see it unless you're like a huge, huge, huge franchise that has guaranteed bums on seats. If you're an indie and you get to go straight onto a streaming platform, then like the whole world is really on there, or a good chunk of it anyway, in terms of that's where... It would have been cool though. It really, I know it would have been cool. There is something magical about the cinema, but also people like to consume through streaming, so... So what's next up for you guys? Um, Kate, what are you working on now? Actually, me and Toby both are doing a show, but separately on different days at Omira in London. Yes, we are. Mine, yours is soon, isn't it? When is yours? Mine's on the 25th of this month. And mine is on the 1st of June. I'm doing a Girl Talk anniversary show, which is like my third album. It's 10 years since it came out. And um, and then I'm going to go into like a run of some festival dates this summer. And I'm going to release some new music soon. Yeah, so I'm just kind of working on music at the moment, which is like nice. I have said show at Amira on the 25th of this month. I also have my first UK tour, doing a small tour across the across England. So we've got the 19th of April, the 22nd of April. So 19th is Bristol, 22nd is Manchester, 25th is London, Mira, and the 28th is Oxford, hometown gig. After then, similar stuff to Kate, really. Most likely a couple of festivals. I'll have a single out in the summer. Oh, and in June, I'm doing a film in London. I'm shooting a film in London. That should be fun. And then, I don't know, maybe getting ready to write some duo acting with Kenny. Nemesises. It's called Nemesises. Nemesises. Nem- Nemesises. <laughs> Nemesises. <laughs> it's going to be a massive franchise. Nemes- Nemesis. Nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis. Well, I hope you have a, a cooler summer in the UK than you've had in the past. When was it, Kate? Was it last was it last year? It was. I wasn't actually here for it, but it was. It was like off record, wasn't it? It was horrible, apparently. Yeah, so I, I was here I basically went on a holiday once or twice between like June and July. When it was August, I was in, in in London for most of the month with my girlfriend. We kind of only moved to London September 2021. So we'd only been here for less than a year. I mean, like, we're going to have our first summer, like, in London, London summer. Like, that's what everyone's talking about. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be friends everywhere, barbecues, dancing, have some drinks. It's going to be so happy. So, like, 5th of August or something, like a Saturday. And I was like, so where's all our friends at? And they all decided to go on holiday in August. So it was like, so hot. It was absolutely boiling. 
I feel like it was just bad luck on our part. But I think that the heat last August was pretty insane because it's like no relief. You know, you've got the seaside, you've got a beach, there's your relief, you know? They're kind of like just sitting in the middle of the city. It's like, well, hopefully this year goes better. But thank you both so much for your time. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much for having us. It's been really nice chatting. Save a coffee, ketchup gives them flavor. Coffee pickles, way I sell the day.